Good morning. The Pharisees were taking an interest in Jesus as he was getting very popular with the crowds as John the Baptist had been. They didn't like preachers that were popular with the, preach, with the people. So Jesus left Judea to return to Galilee in order to avoid conflict at that time. He had plenty of preaching and teaching to do. His time to suffer and to die was not yet come. To reach Galilee, he decided to go through Samaria, which lay between Judea and Galilee, not because of their geography, but we had a mission. Most Jews would have crossed the River Jordan and travelled on its east side to avoid defiling themselves through, whilst travelling through Samaria. Eventually he comes to Sychar, a small village near Shecham. We read, he sat down by Jacob's well. Archaeologists have found a well there, 138 feet deep, which is remarkably deep. Jesus was tired. He was human, such as we are. About noon, he reached the well and sat down on the edge of it. Then a woman came to the, the well. This was unusual, because normally the women came to draw water in the cool of the evening, certainly not midday. So we can gather from our reading that she was an outcast because of her immoral life and she avoided the other women. Jesus asked her for a drink. Imagine her surprise. Her, a Samaritan. He would have been ceremonially unclean if he accepted water from a Samaritan. But his purpose was to satisfy her spiritual need, but began by asking to satisfy his physical need. Jesus' request for a drink was unusual for two reasons. First, a Jewish man, particularly a teacher, would never talk alone with a woman if he could avoid it. And secondly, of course, this woman was a Samaritan. The Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. During the time of the Assyrian occupation, foreigners had settled there and the Samaritans had intermarried and started to worship their gods. Thus, the Samaritans were half Jew. In Jesus' time, they had again began to worship God, but not at Jerusalem. They had built their own temple in a nearby mountain in Samaria, Mount Gerizim. Jesus but did not want to talk about the differences between Jew and the Samaritan. He wanted to tell the woman about the gift of God, that is the gift of new life, that he could give her, which Jesus called living water. In Jesus' time, water that flowed was called living water. It was considered the best water to use to purify one's hands and drinking cups. But here, Jesus uses the term living water with a much deeper meaning. Living water is new spiritual life which comes from the Holy Spirit. 
it not only flows into a person, it flows out of him to bless others. A point that Anne made. We read that in John chapter 7. The Holy Spirit is a spring of water that never dries up. And if the woman had known who Jesus was, she would instead have asked him for water. Only Jesus can give the gift of living water. Like others, the women, the woman did not understand Jesus' spiritual meaning. She thought he was only talking about drinking water. Can you give us better water than our ancestor Jacob did, who made dug this well? And Jesus explained to the woman that the water he could give was different from ordinary water. Those who drank Jesus' water never thirst again. Jesus' water continually wells up into a person. It continually gives life, eternal life. Now Jesus did not mean that once a person believes in him, that person will no longer thirst for spiritual things. We must continue hunger and thirst for righteousness, we read in Matthew chapter 5. We must hunger for God's fellowship, his blessings, his grace. But when we do, we are immediately filled. We never remain thirsty. As we thirst for God's grace, he fills us. His living water never runs dry. Now the woman still didn't understand what kind of water Jesus was talking about. She thought, well, if I drag his water, I wouldn't have to come to the well again day after day, and I wouldn't have to drink again. So Jesus tried a different tactic. He challenged her on her lifestyle. She had had, had five husbands, and the, woman, her husband, the man he was, she was living with was not her legal husband. Now we can never deceive God. And so God, because Jesus was God the Son, he knew all about this woman. She could not deceive him. The woman was amazed by Jesus' knowledge of his past life. She at once realised he was some kind of prophet. Now the Samaritans believed only in the first five books of the Old Testament. Now, that's a, that's a Jewish Bible, English translation. It's the same as our Old Testament, but books are in different order. And that's all the Samaritans believe in, if you see, between those two pieces of paper. Not a lot. You see, not a lot. They only believed in the five books of Moses. And the only prophet they recognised, therefore, was the prophet that Moses spoke of about, we read in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said that God would raise up a prophet. And the Samaritans thought this prophet would be the Messiah. Thus when the woman called Jesus a prophet, she was suggesting he might be the Messiah. Again, the woman tried to change the subject and start a dialogue as to where God should be worshipped. Jews believed that God could only be worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem. And the Samaritans only worshipped on Mount Gerizim, where Abraham and Jacob worshipped. Jesus told her, the time is coming when God will be worshipped anywhere, 
because God is spirit. God can only be worshipped in spirit and truth. We've come out earlier, hasn't it, in various readings. This means that the mankind must worship God with his spirit. And he must worship God in truth, that is, sincerely, truly, from the heart. God is spirit. God's essential nature is spirit. He is a life-giving spirit. He is not stone, he is not wood, he is not flesh, he is not earth, he is not air. He is spirit. Therefore, he must be worshipped spiritually. Only with our spirits can we truly worship God. Now, the woman couldn't understand the spiritual things Jesus was talking about. But the talk on worship leads the woman to play her last card. The Messiah is coming and he will tell us everything. And this is what the Samaritans believed through the Pentateuch, notably Deuteronomy chapter 18. That a Tahab, or the Messiah, as another Moses, would have the task of restoring true belief in God and true worship of God. And to this end, he would reveal everything. She was sure that Jesus was the Messiah because of his revelation of her past life. And that is consistent with the Samaritan's understanding of the role of Tahab, or the Messiah, as the restorer and revealer of the truth. And Jesus confirmed he was so. I who speak to you am he, he said. Jesus said to the woman, I am the Messiah. I am the Tahab. Conclusion. It was God's will that Jesus would travel through Samaria to meet a certain woman at a certain place on a certain day at a certain time to offer her eternal life. Of the million of millions of believers through the centuries, all had to come to Jesus individually in faith to receive from him eternal life. The preacher may use many words, eloquent or perhaps not so eloquent. But it's not the preacher's words that convert but Christ revealing himself through those words. Remember the Apostle Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He'd learned that as he'd walked and talked with the Lord. Flesh and blood did not reveal it to him, but the Father in heaven. But this woman had it revealed to her in a second of time by the Son of God. God revealed in flesh revealing himself to a sinful woman. Can we remember that time when the Lord revealed himself to us? Has he revealed himself to this woman? For some of us, it was a slow process, learning about him. Then he revealed himself. For others, it was a sudden revelation, perhaps when we knew little about him. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as, as man, as God, as Messiah, as Saviour, as Redeemer. As by his merit, his sinlessness, 
and by his precious blood we are saved. We glorify him on whom all our hopes are fixed because he has revealed himself to us, each one of us, individually. The woman had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. His knowledge of her own life amazed her. and The woman could not keep these things to herself. She went back to the village and told the people, Christ the Messiah had made himself known to her. Now she made him known to others. She wanted them to meet Jesus. And the woman's testimony caused many other villagers to believe. So many believed through her testimony. Therefore let us share our testimony of what the Lord has done for us with others so they too may have the living water, the eternal life, which can only be found through Jesus the Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.